0: Got a bed and I to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life the shower and the blood starts pumping
1: Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping Folks like me on the job from 9 to 5 Working night to 5 Hello and welcome to 9 to five, 5 Sports Podcast I'm your host Jared McKay While Rob is at home sick Mercering his vocal cords I'm joined today by Ellie Good. Ty Comer and our special guest with a delusional mind when it comes to sports, the one and only Jordan Mercer. This week's show includes the NBA Draft Lottery, T.O.'s shot at Jason Garrett, and the legalization of sports betting. We begin this today's show once again with the NBA playoffs. Last night, the Cavs won their first game of the series with the Celtics in a 116-86 route. Guys, are the Cavs back on track, or is this a fluke in the series? Elliot, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, I'm going to reside somewhere in the middle on that. I'm not going to overreact to one game as i said i think the Cavs take the game here uh you can never count out lebron as i've mentioned multiple times and i think this was just him doing one of the greatest players of all time things i mean he came out he asserted himself early. I think he scored, what,
1: 20-some in the first quarter? 21. I yeah. think that's important in all their wins, too, is when he comes out aggressive that's, He has to be assertive. Quarter.
2: He has to let the other team know that he's there to play mm-hmm. ball.
1: And his own teammates. I think that's, that feeds into their success It as does. Well it makes them play with early. more
2: confidence. And as I said, going back home to Cleveland made a big difference here. So the role players played well. As we were talking about pre-show, Corver was 5-5, five of 4-4 five, four four from three. George Hill played better, Tristan Thompson played better, just the whole team around him played better, which made it easier on LeBron, which, as we said, going back to him being assertive, it opens up things Mm -hmm. for those other players. But as I said, I'm not going to overreact to one game. I still think the Celtics end up taking this series, and LeBron just exemplifying the great player that he is throughout this playoffs.
0: Ty, thoughts on the series and the game? Yeah, a big number for me was seventeen, and that was seventeen three pointers that the Cavs hit uh, in that game. They, they shot the lights out, and everybody shot the lights out. Uh, LeBron was very good at home cooking, at facilitating, and but yes, they shot the ball very well there in the uh, Quick and Loans Arena. It, it was unbelievable. Everybody was making shots, and that's kind of what you know. We talk about how LeBron always drums up his team, and he, you know he's the GM and all that stuff. Well, that's what—that's the kind of game that he envisioned them having last night. That's—that's that's the team that he put together in his mind. He's thinking, Corver shoots the lights out. J.R. Smith had a nice night with I think thirteen or fourteen points. Kevin Love fourteen points. They all just were solid. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with like nine or ten. It was—it was an impressive night for their role players, and—and uh, and that's what really put them over the top there. And, and J.R. Smith alluded to it too in a press conference right before the game. Uh, I think that might have been. Um, two days ago, when Jr. said, "You know, we got the best player on our team, and our best player in the world on our team," you know, we just now it's all about us to give him a little bit of help, and mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And, uh, but I'm I'm kind of with Elliot now. I think Brad Stevens, uh, as good as he's been, and I've actually seen where somebody said, "Is he? I mean, is he really even that good?" Uh, but I, I think he's as, as advertised as a coach. Uh, I think Stevens making makes an adjustment. And it's going to be a little tougher on the Cavs to shoot the three ball. They're not going to knock down 17 next game. Um, but that's where I think LeBron has to also make a counter adjustment and take the ball inside even more than he did uh, in game three.
1: We move on to Merce for your take on the Cavs and the Celtics.
3: I mean, like Ty and Elliott said, he got help finally. Game one and game two, he didn't get any help in Boston. He, got, he had to do it himself, and one man can't beat a good Boston team. So I be, I be, that's what I think. Um, and I believe they will tie it up going back to Boston too,
1: too. Oh, so you're thinking that they're going to come out again
0: strong and win game four in Cleveland as well.
3: Yeah. I well,
0: Ty, it's, it's, it's really not, it, in, like we've said a thousand times already on the five episodes that we've had, it's not a series until the away team wins the ball game. Right. You know, we, we don't know. Um, so Boston does still have that chance to do it. In Game Four, but at the same time, if Cleveland holds on, they've got a really good chance to take away basically home court advantage uh, from Boston.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they react after getting shellacked like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that, that was a big win, thirty points. So that that's going to tell the series. I was you get hit in the mouth, you need to, you got to stand back up.
1: I wasn't surprised that Cleveland came out and won a game. I have here in my notes that LeBron James is not getting swept in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think it LeBron James who. is getting swept ever, honestly. No, it, yeah. it doesn't matter who they're playing there. LeBron. They're not getting swept. They're going to get a win there. I think the fashion that they wanted that 30-point victory, I was a little surprised that Boston came out with the lack of effort. But maybe it's because they got comfortable. Think about the the team that they have. It's a young team. A young coach, this is experience for them. They've never been in a situation where they're up against the LeBron team 2-0 in the conference finals. So maybe they got a little too comfortable on the road thinking, oh, we got our two at home. We can take it a little easy on the road. All they're trying to do, I think their main goal now is to try to uh, at least take one away from Cleveland now that's on to game four. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, LeBron showed up again, uh, 27 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds. But I think the main key here, you're always going to have LeBron show up. That's business as usual. The reason they won, they're supporting his supporting cash showed up. Kevin Love, 13 points, 14 rebounds. Tristan Thompson, uh, he added 10 points. George Hill, 13 points. J.R. Smith shot the ball better than the previous games. He had 11. And then Kyle Corver was perfect from behind the arc. He added 14 points. So when your supporting cash shows up like that, especially at home, uh, you're probably going to win the game. Their success, again, it, it depends on LeBron James playing great paired with. The role player showing up. It just can't be one or the other. Um, and the good thing about that is you always know that LeBron is going to show up. I think the Celtics should come out with more energy in game four. That being said, I think Cleveland can swing the momentum complete with, with another win. So if what Mercer thinks comes true, if Cleveland can even this thing up into game four, then you've got a series again. You're 2-2 two to two going back to Boston, uh, and it's hard to bet against LeBron James. So I think that will make for an interesting series should they win that second game at home. Um, moving on from the East to the Western Conference, the Rockets avoided a hope. Uh, Rockets avoided a sweep uh, to open the series by winning game two, a home sweep on Wednesday night 127 to 105. These two teams had the firepower to put up video game numbers like this on a nightly basis. So what was the difference between games 1 and two? And can the Rockets keep pace with the Warriors? Or will Golden State come back and win to in Oakland?
0: Ty, we'll start with you this time. Okay, I'll say um, that it was a big, in part, I think, that Kevin Durant played almost just as well in Game 1 as he did in Game 2. 38 points. He had another strong performance mm-hmm. in Game 2. The biggest difference this time was, you know, we talk about LeBron and his supporting cast. Well, We've never had to say that about Kevin. Mm-mm. Ever. Because it's not really supporting cast. It's, they're all they're stars. They're all stars. Exactly. Uh but Clay Thompson did they, not play well. They all strove. And Steph was horrible. Yeah. Steph got absolutely exposed. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. He's been put on his butt by dribble moves three times already this this series. And it's unbelievable. Going out and oh, and they have they're picked him out him and they're going straight at it. Because him also, sure. who does Steph have to guard? Steph has to guard one of their best two players. Mm-hmm. I mean, he either has to guard Chris Paul or he has to guard James, James Harden, Harden because he's not big enough to guard anybody else. So, I mean, he is stuck. So that's a bad matchup defensively for Golden State. St- Steph's not healthy. Let's get that out there, first of all. I think Steph would be playing a lot better if his ankles weren't just... But how many years have you
1: said this in a row about him in the playoffs? Think about it.
0: What, poor defensively? No, We've never had he's this not, No, 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 not poor
1: defensively. Steph, something like, along the lines of, what's wrong with Steph? Steph's not playing. He's not healthy. Is this every playoffs? Is this what we're going to no. get? Because it seems like it's been like this the last couple of years. Steph's had a solid regular season, and really his numbers are still decent. His shooting percentages are still decent in the playoffs, but his points per game goes down uh his defensive weaknesses start to come out a little more is that just what we're supposed to expect from him in the playoffs well every
0: game is more scrutinized obviously but i just think that steph is not very durable he's a smaller guy we've always talked about that and he's got the ankles of a 93 year old man it's it's not good like it, just the, the slightest of twinges, the mm-hmm. slightest of incorrect landings for stuff, and it's he's out for a couple weeks. It, I it, know the
1: feeling as a fan for your best player to, to be, be on the brink of an injury at any point
0: in time. Oh, but I don't feel sorry for I don't person. feel sorry for any Warriors fans because they've still got Kevin to lay their head on at night, and, and they've got Clay Thompson, Thompson and, and they've 30 got thirty in any quarter, and they've got Draymond Green, mm-hmm. and, and they, you know I don't feel sorry for them whatsoever. Uh, I'm just saying that Steph, not so durable. A quick note
1: on that series as well before we get Mercer's take. Uh, that game three is actually taking place right now and during this recording, uh, and this is, what, Sunday night. Uh, the Warriors are up 54-43 to 43 at halftime, and this will be the first game in Oakland. Moving on to Mercer's take uh, for the Western Conference Finals.
3: Well, the, the, the Rockets looked really good in game two, and like Ty said, Steph, Steph struggled. He's, he got exposed really, like Ty said, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that the Warriors, war, the Warriors, sorry, will take a game in Oakland, and I just think they're going to win this series. They're, they're they're too good. They've got too much firepower to, to lose to the Rockets. Don't get me wrong. The Rockets have good looked look good all year long. Yep. But with Durant, Thompson, Draymond, and Kevin. Uh, sorry, Steph. Uh, they're just—they won't. Lose. I don't think they're going to lose. It'll—it'll it'll be Cleveland and Golden State in the fi- uh, finals again, in my opinion.
1: Wow. So he's coming out and thinking that it's going to be another rematch. Well, um, I, I think—I think that the Rockets—they uh, really didn't change much offensively. It's just a matter of whether the guys hit their shots towards the end of the shot clock and whether.
0: Uh, Harden and Chris Paul find their stride working together. Oh, I agree totally. I'm just going to interject really yeah, quickly. I, I just, like you said, they played pretty much the exact same because I thought Houston played great in game one. Mm-hmm. And that's what scared me so much because they played great in game one and they still couldn't touch the Warriors. But now they played great again in game two. And now we got a different story because Steph and Clay didn't show up. So
1: right, and then their defense showed up. I was criticizing them, if you remember, in last week's show, that they need to come out with a different offense. Well, they don't change their offense. This is how they've won all year long. It's a matter of whether their threes fall. Houston shoots more threes than anyone in the league. If they make their threes, they're going to win. It's just a matter of can they outshoot the Warriors in a seven-game series. Uh, I think the big point here was Steph Curry struggling from three. He was one for eight in his three-point shots, and they are targeting him defensively. I've seen where they screen do pick-and-roll plays two and three times back-to-back-to-back to 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 try to get him to switch on to a bigger defender, whether it be someone like Chris Paul or James Harden, or even a shooter like Trevor Reza that has the height and can shoot over Steph Curry. Uh, For the Warriors, Kevin Durant had 38, and like Ty, like you mentioned earlier, that was about it. Uh, Clay Thompson was not did not show up. Curry had some points, but he struggled from behind the arc. And then for the Rockets, they're, if you want to call them supporting cast, they have some talent too. Trevor Reese poured in 19 points. P.J. Tucker, 22. Harden did his thing with 27, along with Eric Gordon, who also had 27, who we all criticized last week's show for uh, having a miserable game one. He uh, poured in 27 as well. And then Chris Paul with 16 points. When they're clicking... They might be the most feared offensive team just because of sheer number of threes that go up. I mean, they am they, uh, pretty sure they broke their own record for three-point field goals per game attempted uh, from last year. They actually shoot more than the Warriors. The Warriors have the most mid-range jump shots uh, per game in the league. So it's just a matter of whether they fall. Uh, I think I agree with everyone here that the Warriors are still going to take the series, but... If we keep having games like this, it'll, it'll be interesting, especially if they catch fire and some of their defensive uh, uh, abilities start to step up and you have people like Clay and, and Steph not being able to play at their full potential and putting all the pressure back on Kevin Durant, which is the whole reason he went to Golden State, was to avoid that, just him and Russ. He has more help with him. Uh, he doesn't have to be the guy, um, and he plays a little bit more freely. So I think that will make uh, the series a little bit more interesting. Uh, Elliot, your take on this series? So I saw an interesting
2: trend on, I believe I was watching The Herd with Colin Coward the other day, and it showed throughout the year the Warriors have consistently won about three games in a row and then took in a break. So they've done that throughout the playoffs against the Pelicans as well. So I think that might be what we're seeing here as far as the Warriors Because Kevin Durant showed up. He was the only one. Mm -hmm. Curry was 7 of 19, 1 of 8 from 3. Thompson, 3 of 11 from the floor. Just no one else contributed to take anything off his shoulders. And they just didn't have the energy level, as you said. But going to the Rockets, as I said last week, Eric Gordon needed a step up. They needed that third scorer. He did that, and then some. You had P.J. Tucker light it up, I was like, what is going on here? Trevor Ariza stayed out of foul trouble, played much better. They played with confidence and energy just from the eye test. But I think a thing we're overlooking here is James Harden did not play well at all in this game. He shot 3 of 15 from 3, 9 of 24 from the field, and they still won easily. So that has to be concerning if you're the Warriors. I know you said they're up right now in Game Mm 3. So that tends me to believe that it's the one game lapse, that yeah, they're heading up eleven two. and halftime. Yeah, but if the Rockets shoot like that, they, I don't. It's going to be tough to beat them on any night, no matter who's on the other team. Right. Because of the three, like you said, the threes for twos. The Warriors are more of a mid-range team, mm-hmm. and I think that changed a bit when Durant got there. He's he's a lot about mid-range game, posting up, getting a miss. Uh, excuse me, getting a mismatch on a smaller defender, and that's kind of bled throughout the whole team. It seems like Sean Livingston does kind of the same thing, so if you're trading threes for twos, that's that's not, never a good recipe. So it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors bounce back. As you said, they're doing that in game three, as, as I would expect them to do and eventually win this series in five games,
1: as I said. So uh, just before we move on uh, to the lottery, is there anyone here that is uh, picking the Rockets to win this series? Are we all in agreement that the Warriors are going to take this? I know it's, it's good to have some disagreement, but let's be honest, that even with the Rockets, you know, we, we talk about when they're hitting their threes, they're impossible to beat. But as a team, I think it's pretty well known that when they're playing at their best, the Warriors are the best team in the league.
2: Absolutely. You have four All-Stars on mm-hmm. the same starting roster. I
1: so agree. we actually, uh, we're going to talk about the association just a little bit more uh, before we take a break. We move on to the NBA Draft Lottery, which took place this week, and the order is set after... Uh, the Phoenix Suns took the night by landing the number one overall pick, followed by the Kings at second, and the Hawks at third. So where does the cream of the crop land in the first 10 picks of this year's draft? And uh, if you uh, need some refreshers, I have those teams written down here. And, and just to start us off, uh, the order goes Phoenix Suns, they have the first pick. The Kings have the second pick. The Hawks are third. And then following uh, four through 10 are the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Mavericks, the Magic, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the 76ers. So out of the top prospects, the household names, where do you think some of these big names are going to fall within the top ten? Mercer, we'll start with you on this one.
3: Uh, I think the Suns are going take Luka Doncic. I mean, their, their new coach, he, he coached with them back when, was it Slovenia?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, this is the guard from overseas, yeah, right? Yeah, the oh. guard
3: from overseas. The, co- the new coach for the Suns coach. Coached him back when they won a, the gold medal in the junior. Maybe I think that's right. Yeah. So I think that's he'll go one if he goes. Mm-hmm. There's speculation that he might not go now.
1: Right. I've heard that there were some uh, comments that he made about he he doesn't know if he's ready he to make. Said that he's transition. not 100 percent
2: committed to the NBA at this moment.
3: So
1: you're thinking he's gonna
2: if he does go. He, draft. I, I I think he will because
3: he's. He's good. Mm-hmm.
1: I've heard he's really good. And he wants the money. The money. Ty's
3: making the... I need to look
1: up stuff. some highlights good. of this guy. I've heard that he's had a phenomenal career over there. there. And, and Mercer, if they do what you say that they're going to do, what a backcourt that would be with Devin Booker and Luka Doncic.
3: But I could also see them going Aiden because he's from Arizona. I could see. But I think... Uh,
1: right from their backyard. Yeah.
3: Okay. So with the Kings, I have them taking Aiden if Doncic goes one. I'm saying the Kings... If you guys look, the Kings got really lucky they got the two pick.
1: Because according...
3: What I, according to what I was reading, they were projected like the eighth or the between like five and eight, and they fell all the way to two because whoever had the second pick came out came out too early. I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. So the Kings are lucky. I think they'll take Aiton. Hawks will take Marvin Bagley because that that front court with Bagley and John Collins would be all would just be. Really My, good.
2: Nice athletic tandem. Yeah, there.
3: really, really good. And then the Grizzlies, I think they'll take Mikel Bridges from Villanova. Uh, they need someone else to play with Conley and Marc Gasol. I think Bridges can fill that role.
0: You're talking about Mikel Bridges from yeah, Villanova. From, yeah, Mikel Bridges from Villanova.
3: I was, Did I say Michigan State?
0: No, no, no. I, I was thinking. Miles you know, that, is the guy from yeah, Michigan yeah, State. I, I just think he said Bridges. I, I just think, yeah. His name is Bridges, isn't it? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. no, they're yeah, both Bridges. I'm just saying. I'm you just got, got Michael Bridges from Villanova, and then you got right. Miles exactly. Bridges from
3: Michigan exactly. State. Exactly. And then with the Mavs and with five, I think they'll take Jaron Jackson from from Michigan State because I can see them taking Bomba, but they have neurons and Noel. I don't know how his contract situation is. He might be a free agent at the end of the year. I haven't heard I actually Orleans, think he no, might be. Forever. Shout out to 2K franchises to uh, help me that out, but I'm pretty sure Aiden is a, is a free agent. So I actually might change on the fly. I was going to say Darren Jackson from Michigan State, but now I'm going to say Muhammad Bamba because they need someone to play with Dennis Smith, and I think Bamba at, at that spot, Aiden's so, already gone. So, so what about
1: the most important pick in the draft, the number seven pick with the Chicago Bulls? What are we looking at there? Who are the Bulls taking, in your opinion? They need a point guard. They well, I don't know. They just made a trade. They tr- remember they traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn. This is true. You know, and I I don't think they're bringing Derek back anytime soon. So Derek's long gone. Um,
3: well, I forgot about Chris Dunn. They gotta take a big man then. I guess that's what
1: I'm thinking. I was well, ho- I'm hoping Mo Bamba is there. I don't see. I don't know if he will be. What about Michael Porter Jr. or Trey Young? To f- Michael Porter Jr.
0: won't be there. He'll be taking it. Well, I guess he technically will be there, but he'll be taking it. You said a big man, right? What about Wendell Carter from Duke?
1: (laughs) That might be a little. Wendell Carter from Duke? That
3: actually could be like its best spot for him. If I'm an NBA GM, I don't think Michael Porter is, I'm not going to take him top ten.
1: How about Jeremy Jackson? Michigan Michigan State. State?
3: Yeah. I had him going to the match. Oh, that's right, that's right. But I'm not going to take Michael Porter in the top ten. Because how many games he played in college? I'm, I know, I know I don't think he
0: played any. He played. He played. Did he? Yeah, he did. Oh, he, did play really? in he played in the t- he played in the uh, SEC tournament, and he played the one, uh, the in the two first two. half of the first he very came first out and game. Said he is
1: by far the best player in the draft. Now every player is going to say that, but he well, he truly says he's played. Him.
0: He's honest. He's played with. Apparently, he has played with all these guys that are in the in the top. Probably other than Doncic, I, I doubt he's played with Doncic before, but. Yeah. Uh, he says he's played with all these guys before and he just totally blissed which everybody comes out and says that too Trey Young said the same exact thing he thinks he's the best player in the draft and We'll see. Yeah. Well, at, at the, he, at, when I it's all it. said and done, we'll see who the best of the 2018 this, this draft is class. This is tough. This is tough to predict. You know, it, it is a good draft class. Picks. It's it, a really good draft class. I, uh, LeBron actually said he thinks it's the best one since uh, 2003, I believe, which was his and D1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mala, yeah, yeah. I know what it is. My goodness. <clears throat> I play, I'm playing dumb for you. So
1: it, it's it's a it's a tough question though. With you know to go ten deep, but to merge to, to finish you out. Um, no one really cares about the Knicks. They're a disaster. For the Cavs, is there someone the Cavs can take that might keep LeBron there? No. Or not? I, I, no. no it's, 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 I think it's setting belt to try to keep
3: LeBron. I think if they take Trey Young, and then LeBron brings the ball up the floor,
0: Trey Young can just spot up and shoot. And Stop. Stop. Stop! I think Trey Young is a bust waiting. Oh, yeah, happen. yeah, he's a bust. But if LeBron, That's not gonna, LeBron, that, give
1: him a shout out
0: early in the season. Yeah, he likes I'm sure his he shooters. does. I'm sure he likes does. His Look, I'm ha- sure he does. But I really don't think that Trey Young is enough to keep LeBron in no, 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 Cleveland. no, no Cleveland, no, no, Cleveland no, no, is it's gone. Not.
3: But it, I think if
0: they take him, LeBron may think about it a no, little more. No, I, I don't think that. I don't think the draft makes any difference on LeBron. Is LeBron's, there a person in so. the draft that can keep him there? I mean, trade you if they traded up to get the number one pick, but I, I don't know what you'd have to give up to get that. They don't I, have any assets. Yeah, they don't. They, they're all gone. They've they been traded. a bunch of old men. Yeah, they do. Like J.R. Smith. And you'd have to accompany it with, obviously, the eighth they, pick.
1: Yeah, they. I don't know any young players on the Cavs, really. So, just before we move on, you said that you had the Suns taking Doncic first, right? Yes, I did. Doncic
3: first. If he goes, 8-2 to the Kings, Bagley 3, Bridges 4 the Mickel from Villanova mm. and bomba five to the Mavs.
1: So in first I I think it would be now that you mentioned Doncic to to the to the Suns would be a great pairing with with Booker. I, I I see that I see them going big. I see them either going with Bagley or Ayton uh to sure up. They need a big guy really bad. Their center right now I think starting is Alex Len. Do they still have Tyson believe- Chandler yes. there? Yes. Okay, so I, I think they need to go big guy there. Uh the Kings I'm pretty sure the reason that Luka Doncic came out and said that was because he found out the Kings are drafting second and nobody wants to go to Sacramento. So. They, don't need, they don't need a guard. They, took, they have Fox. As a two guard, right? No, he's Or is he the point guard? Fox is the two Fox guard. Fox is the point guard. Fox the, plays the, ball plays the two. Uh, okay, well, maybe the Kings won't go Luka Doncic. Uh, I guess maybe then the Kings could go with opposite of whatever Phoenix goes with regards to DeAndre Ayton or Marvin Bagley. Uh, the Hawks, they could use anybody right now. I think Jeff Teague, uh, he went to the Timberwolves, correct? He's, yes. He's a Timberwolves he is a Timberwolves now, Wolves. and so their is their starting point guard Dennis Schroeder, maybe? The Hawks, yes, and yes. So I've heard that he's been on the trading block. Maybe you go draft Luka Doncic to be your point guard. Um, the Grizzlies, <laughs> I'm not sure what Mark Gasol's contract looks like, but you can always add a good wing player. Um, So if you don't want to go Mo Bama, you could go Michael Porter Jr. or Jaron Jackson, depending on what they think about Michael Porter. Um, The Mavs, maybe you could uh, pick up Trey Young to pair uh, with Dennis Smith Jr., depending on whether you want him to play the point guard or not. Um, The Mavericks, that would be a place that I could see maybe Muhammad Bama going to, um, or Jaron Jackson. Really, this subject, I'm only worried about the Bulls. I could care less (laughs) what everyone else does. (laughs) All right, who the Bulls taking then? So here's my opinion. If they're gonna go big, I think Aiton will be gone. Bagley will probably be gone. I'm hoping that Mo Bamba is still there. I think that he's raw talent, but I think that if they work with him, I think he can help run the floor. Are you willing to wait? Is is my question. Are you willing to wait? Yeah, because a raw talent, because their best players aren't ready yet. Yeah. So, of course, you've got to be willing. Their best players are what they're building around right now is Laurie and Chris Dunn, and Zach Levine, and they're not ready to be stars yet. So they're going to have to wait. If they want to go guard, I'm a believer in Colin Sexton from Alabama. He's good. I think he's going to be a good player. So yeah. if you're going big, I'd love to see him get bomba. If you're going guard, I'd say Colin Sexton. Although if Michael Porter is there... I think you got to go with him. It's tough to turn him down. It? it is. If he's there at the wing, you can never have enough good wing players in the NBA. Levine, Dunn, and Porter. Yeah. And I think be Lillard all. That's, that's really athletic, quick, mm.
3: and Cheers. that's that's
1: exactly the roster. There's your death five. That's that's the roster that they brought uh, that coach there for him. His name is... Hoiberg. Right, Fred Hoiberg. They yeah. brought him there to coach that team, not a group of of veterans like they had with Wade and, and Butler and uh, and Rondo. The, this would be his team and, and Lopez. Um, like I said, the rest of the picks to me, out the door. I just want to see who Chicago gets. Elliot?
2: So this draft is obviously going to depend on what Phoenix does at the top. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard rumors this week that they're not set on taking a player from the draft, that they wouldn't mind trading it for a veteran player. And we also saw mm-hmm. this week that Carl Anthony Towns is not happy with Timberwolves' management. And as we said, the Suns need a big guy. So oh, yeah, I did see that. That, that makes sense as a swap. Uh, Carl Anthony was also
0: but, wearing a Devin Booker jersey at a party the other night with Devin. Well, they they, I they would were, trade they were, the were number, number one pick, pick in, in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, they were mistaken. They're, sorry, they were teammates at uh, Kentucky. Yeah, I'd trade so the number one pick in a heartbeat for Carl
1: Towns. Obviously, it would have at, to be
2: more than a number right, right, one pick. Right. But,
1: I would add that in there.
2: I just wanted to preface by saying that 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 could be a possibility for Phoenix. But for this argument's sake, we'll just keep it the way it is. And we think they need a big guy, so I think you take DeAndre Ayton. I think he's going to be the best player Mm -hmm. in this draft. He's just a physical freak, can play both ends of the floor. With number two, moving on, I think the Kings will probably take Luka Doncic or Marvin Bagley. It depends on which way they want to go and if Doncic comes. Um, the Kings can use anything other than a point guard. Darren Fox showed that he's capable of taking on that role, so anything other than a point guard they're in need of.
1: He was my favorite player from Kentucky last year, by the way. I want to say something. De'Aaron Fox.
2: Uh,
3: there's rumors going around if Doncic doesn't go one that the Kings and Hawks will – if, yeah, if Doncic doesn't go to the Suns, the Hawks and the Kings will pass on Doncic. Oh, wow. CBS Sports just put an article out.
1: So you can see there a reason draft, for that? Instead of drafting. Uh, I did not people, read the article,
3: but I got the alert on my phone. I, let me pull it up.
1: Maybe they want someone now, then.
3: You just. I'm just going to pull it up. So
1: they would both pass on Donchick?
3: Yeah, the Hawks and the Kings. That's what okay. I read.
2: Um, for that, I would say then put Bagley at two to the Kings. At three, the Hawks. I believe someone's going to reach on Michael Porter or Trey Young. I just know it's going to happen. They're the big name, the the bright star.
0: Atlanta would be the
2: team to do Atlanta it. Atlanta could definitely be the team to do it, as Jarrett said. Possibly trading Dennis Schroeder. He's mm-hmm. been on, he was on the market in the at the trade deadline this year. They could also use a wing, as Michael Porter, even though Torian Prince played pretty well toward the end of the year last year. Number four, we have the Grizzlies. <clears throat> The Grizzlies have Mike Connolly, Marcus Saul, so I would think they would take wing. So Michael Porter would make sense there for me. Uh, as as Jarrett said, he thinks he's the best player in the draft. We, that remains to be seen. As we said, we only have seen him play maybe three, four games in college, so we don't really know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's, that's probably where I would go there. The Mavericks at five, they – they need help, but I'm, I'm not sure where. They've got Dennis Smith at point guard. I guess Mo Bamba would make sense with them needing a big, but as you said, he's really raw. Uh, yeah, I, he is. is he's not, which, that team's not going to win now either, so it makes sense. It's just I think he's going to be more of a defensive player and not offer They punch. can use
1: anybody 2, two 5
2: On the Wayne, offense end. Yeah. yeah, as I said, the Mavericks need a lot. Um, number six, who do we have there? Magic. Magic. Six. Magic? Hmm. Have, Whoever uh, Atlanta doesn't yeah. reach on it,
0: it, whether it's Trey Porter or Trey uh, Young or Michael Porter, and you know what? Whoever they draft,
1: even if they become a star, they're going to leave after their contract is just like all the other stars leave the this, Magic, like Shaq and Dwight Howard <laughs> and Chasen Gray. Very true. <laughs> so,
2: but a name I think we're sleeping on a little bit is Wendell Carter. I think NBA GMs will love his talent and just. Physical. Huh, that's pulls. a dookie, Physical yeah, that's a dookie so, speaking. Yeah, that is it a dookie speaking. Huh. But as you can see, he he so is not consistent, has
0: two top 10 Duke players. Not consistent
2: with a three point shot yet, but he's shown the potential to be able to do it. Um, pretty solid free throw shooter, nice low post game. Obviously, can off, offer potential on the defensive end with blocks and just a rim protection. So, Wendell Carter is a name I love to go in the 6 7 range to either the Bulls or the Magic. As Jarrett said, the Bulls are the only team that matters to him. That's right. So <laughs> that, that's a name for you to think about. As you said, you want to Bamba. So if he didn't go to the Mavs at five, maybe that's They definitely need to be. But as you were talking before, you said they need someone with and a defensive presence down there. Markinen can stretch it out, mm-hmm. give them room to operate. That would, that would make a lot of sense there. At, at number eight, we have the Cavs. As we were saying, do they have anybody to sway LeBron? No. I think he's good as gone. That roster is just not good. No. Nah. So, with their pick, I think they're going to take the best available player. They, they're going to need a new face of the franchise. And I could see Colin Sexton going there. That would be a, nice be a pick. good player. I think that'd so be a nice pick for Cleveland. He bullied Tech in the NCAA tournament.
3: Again, he, he just did. skip
1: the Knicks. The Knicks. We're yeah, the that, Knicks. That, or that,
3: that might be the, the most, like,
1: Are we going to top 10 picks? We don't. We don't have to go through the, the whole top ten. I just. I kind of want to get a feel of yeah. basically what's going to be available. There's when a Chicago team that gets up. That was why I. I developed this question. Will this? This whole thing was developed to see who y'all think is going to go before Chicago. But I think what is interesting is who the 76ers could add a ten with their already young. Ooh, that's a good point. Young talent. What about fifteen?
3: There's a team of fifteen that needs some help. No. No one no. cares about the Wizards. Okay, right. We're, We're
1: gonna, gonna get cat or Boogie. So, Elliott and Ford need to tie Sixers. What do you think is that they could pair with Simmons, Gerald Embiid, J.J. Redick? Well, they've got a ball
2: handler. They've got a big guy. They need wings that can shoot, really. So Shooting is what I shoot, Yeah, mean. shooting is definitely the most important. If you could get a Jaron Jackson, I know we've talked about him going maybe top five, but mm-hmm. if you could get him, that would be an excellent pairing with Embiid. He could play the four, Jackson, in that case, and be a nice stretch four for them. I think that would be a really nice fit.
1: And who's their starting wing right now? Robert, uh, Covington. Robert Covington. So is someone like – I'm, I'm just looking at some of the wings here on, on CBS Sports. Kevin Knox, the two Bridges boys, if they're there, do they take do they take a wing guy?
2: Yeah, I could see one of the Bridges as well. Kevin Knox I'm not overly impressed with. I think he's extremely overrated.
1: So I agree. Yeah. and done Ty, I don't think we've got your take on this, have we? No, we're we not. Immersed, so go yeah. ahead and give us some of your picks.
0: I'll be quick. Uh, Suns, and it's going to be interesting for me, um, Doncic, depending on what his criteria is on whether he's going to the NBA or not, if it's whether he goes one and two, well, you can just go ahead and stay in Slovenia there, bud, because <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't coming off the board for me. This is how I would go about it if I were these teams. Uh, the Suns. I think you have to take DeAndre Ayton. Uh, we yeah. heard Bill Walton, which it is Bill Walton, so no, you got to take God. that with a grain of salt. I, I, I and like, believe me, I like Bill Walton. No, please, like, get, out. I, I like I, please get out. I like please Bill Walton. What can I say? This I is like a conference like of champions player. Yeah, he's no, all the pack. Like a that's true. That you is true. Mind. But DeAndre Ayton just looks like a star, and I think the Suns need Absolutely. that right now. DeAndre Ayton uh, should go at one. I think that man. I think I think DeAndre Aiden, especially if you pick him at two. If you leave him there at two, he will make you pay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my in the same God, division, they will make they? you pay.
3: The Suns and the Kings?
0: They're I'm not f- sure about divisions in basketball. And to be honest with you, I really don't care all that much. <laughs> the Kings, uh, I think they go with Marvin Bagley we talked about. They've got a young uh, core in their uh, front court with uh, Bagley – or back court, excuse me, with uh, – um, shoot. Darren Fox and Buddy Heald. Uh, and now I think they need to pick up Marvin Bagley at two. Uh, number three, the Hawks. Whew, who cares? Honestly, they're horrible. I like that answer. They're so I horrible. I like the who cares answer. Some of these teams, who cares? But, but I mean, I'm going to. They're I'm, so far
1: away. They're picking
0: at just the top for, for a reason. Yeah, for, for craps and giggles, That'll and that's the PG team. version, yeah. the craps and giggles. I will, I will give Michael Bridges from Villanova to the Hawks. I think he's a strong player from Villanova. I, I, I just. I like what he has to offer inside. Uh, Then that goes to the Grizzlies after that. Uh, That's where I think Doncic will fall to at four. Uh, I I don't think he falls outside of the top five. Uh, I'm I'm a big guy. I'm a big believer in college basketball being the greatest uh, preparer, I guess I should say, for the NBA. I'm not sold on Real Madrid, Barcelona. Uh, the, the, the stuff over... Yeah, exactly. Um, but that is the... I mean, you have had some... Especially that, recently, yeah, you've had some I good understand. young talent you right, have, over there. You have had good young talent, but have you had the budding star that they have talked about as Doncic? Remember when... Ricky Rubio was coming up. He yeah. was supposed, supposedly supposed to be the, the next best thing. He was supposed to be Steve Nash 2.0. I guess there's and only he just one was not.
1: true one that's actually been... And that's Dirk Nowitzki. Well, I mean, after Dirk. Like, of recently, I would say Chris Tapps
0: would be the only yeah. one... Chris Tapps has been own. good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're not right. Giannis. And they're both from... Oh, true. Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we yeah. have. We I, 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 you know, we they, there too. has been some oversights. The but there's also been There's also been Darko Milicic... Uh, so, so, so people of, of that, that nature, and then other people that we don't even remember their names. Jan Vesely. Vesley, exactly. Wizards took him at three. Exactly, he plays in Turkey. Right. So there's nothing, nothing there for that. Uh, so where am I at now? I'm at the Grizzlies. I think you just did the Grizzlies. I just did the Grizzlies. Yeah. yeah so I said Doncic to the Grizzlies, Mavs. I think Mohammed Bamba. We talked about that already. Uh, who drafts at six? I'm sorry. Six is the Magic. The Magic. Uh, the Magic, another team that could use just about anything. I think that's where uh I think I think they'll go for Trey Young. Uh I, I don't think that's the correct pick, but I think that's what they'll go with. They'll go with Trey Young. Who, at plays, six.
2: who picks at seven? I'm not familiar with that team.
0: Now no, it's rapidly on the rise. For- I see I see Michael Porter. Uh oh, I'd love Michael. I see Kirk. Michael Porter going to I the Bulls at the seven. Colin Sexton to the Cavs at eight. Uh, the yep. Knicks at nine. You know, you've got Chris Stapps already. Uh, you you've tried out Frank Nikilina. Um, he's not he's not a bad player. He's a decent role player. I'm not sold on him, so you he's- might have to go. Uh, with another guard. I don't think he paired up with another big man. Because I think Enos Cantor had a great year for New York. Let's not rule that out as well. Um, so another guard or a forward. I think Miles Bridges is an interesting pick there for nine at in uh, uh, New York. And then uh, ten, Sixers, the Sixers, there, there's some interesting possibilities there as well. Um, I I say Miles Bridges. I say Jaron Jackson. Uh, if they're both there, that's those are two interesting picks. Um, I, I totally agree with Elliot. They need shooters uh, to to really stretch the floor out for MB, give him a little space inside, and as well as uh, Ben Simmons. So uh, those are my top ten. Good takes
1: on the NBA uh, lottery. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're done talking about the NBA for today, I believe. But when we come back to nine to five, we'll talk about TO. Uh, firing and shots at Jason Garrett, and then the new uh, rules and legalization of sports gambling. All that and more when we come back to Nine to Five Sports. All right, time to finish up the start line-up here at Nine to Five. It's time to talk about To and Jason Garrett. America's team at its finest. Guys, T.O. called out Jason Garrett this week by calling it mind-boggling that Garrett is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Owens was quoted on a radio show by saying, quote, when you really look at it, it doesn't make sense for Jason Garrett to continue to have his job. They are not really expanding or progressing, even as a team, under his coaching tenure there. So, thoughts on an outspoken thoughts of the NFL Hall of Famer, and I'll start it off this time. Um, Jason Garrett has been with the Cowboys I think seven and a half years now uh, if you just want to go based by stats and numbers his total record there is 67 and 53 with a record of one and two in the playoffs that's right one and two so three total games
0: it's better than any redskins coach in that tenure though so I'll go,
1: well, I'll go ahead and say that but go ahead I mean the expectations that have been there with with the rosters that they've had and and, and the quarterbacks that they've had. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that Romo's a great quarterback, but what people view him as a good quarterback, he should be able to win a couple of playoff games for you. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the Ty's over here shaking his head. Now we're going to come into a completely different argument here in just a second because it's <laughs> going to get my defense mechanism started. But Did he have the greatest roster? No, but he – I think he had enough talent on the team through the years that they should have done more than make it to the divisional round of the playoffs, which is all they would made um, because when they appeared, they either had a first-round bye or they won the wild-card game. So they have not made an appearance in the conference finals. Here's my take on this, guys. I'm, I'm not going to get too long-winded on this because it will get me going for days. Basically, I have a two-part answer. I think T.O. coming out and saying this I don't really think it was necessary. I, it kind of makes him look, you know, like why do you still care? Like this, Childish you haven't been with the Cowboys for several years now. I know you were there under Garrett, and, and your time ended there. Uh, maybe partly because of that, but what? I mean, I'm not really sure why. Unless you're just doing it uh, for media's sake, I'm not really sure why it matters. Why you have to come out and take shots at him like that? But the base <coughs> of your argument. I really can't say that you're wrong. I think, in my opinion, because I, as as a fan, I've expected more from the Cowboys over the years. I'm not saying I expect to go to the Super Bowl every year, but I expect a, a hell of a lot more than a one and two record in the playoffs. Um, we've had two good, solid uh, regular seasons under Jason Garrett. We went 12 and four in Romo's last full year there with DeMarco Murray. We led the league in rushing, and I think that kind of sparked the new uh, blueprint for the team. You draft. Heavy on the offensive line, you get a good run game going, and you have a decent enough defense to keep you in the games. Romo went down the following year, and we all know what kind of a disaster the Cowboys went through there. That ended up leading to drafting Ezekiel Elliott. and At, at that time, they had added another piece to the line, Leo Collins, uh, through after the draft. That year, with, with Dak playing again in place of an injured Tony Romo, it ended up being his last official year as a part of the Cowboys before he ended the booth. With Prescott and Zeke, they went 13-3. and Again, first round by, ended up losing to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in heart-crushing fashion with me being there in person to see it. Mason Crosby came in field goal, but again, 13-3, made it to the divisional round and, in my opinion, got stopped by the hottest team and the hottest quarterback in all of football with the Packers. Last year, uh eh, 9-7. Now, I didn't expect them to win 13 games again, but 9-7, and I know they had a lot of distractions. You had injuries on the offensive line. You had the whole Zeke distraction with with the domestic violence issues, some some more injuries on defense. But in, talking in a general sense, in my opinion, I I do think it's you can question why Jason Garrett is still there. Now I can tell you why he's there. It's because the Jones family, that includes Stephen, they want a yes man as their coach, and Jerry really likes Jason as a person, so he's going to continue to give him chances. And seasons like two years ago with 13-3 just gives him more of an excuse to keep him. I think this is the year where if they don't make the playoffs and they don't make a decent push, I think it's time for him to leave. Uh, obviously, I think unless they start winning Super Bowls left and right, just the way the NFL works, Dak's going to have another head coach before his end of his tenure there anyway. So if they don't make the playoffs now, it's time to get a new coach in there to help Dak and Zeke develop even more. I think T.O. might have been wrong in, in the fact that he just said it, but it, his base point of why he still has a job, I kind of agree with him. I, I think he's he's underachieved in general as the Cowboys coach. Elliot, what do you think?
2: Well, let's get let's get this out of the way quick. Uh, Todd's brother, Seth, wanted us to name some of our most hated players, and right here is Exhibit 1A. Terrell, Terrell Owens. Yeah.
1: Hall of Fame receiver.
2: I have not liked this man since he entered the league with any team he has been on. Uh, joining the Cowboys didn't help matters, certainly. So... As Jarrett
1: said, he's been gone for how long now? It's, it's been quite a while. I remember him there in like 07, 08. Yeah, that, it, does that sound about right? Yeah, I'm not sure why he needs to
2: come out and continue to put himself in the spotlight. He just wants to run his mouth, and it just gets under my skin. But, but beside that point, he's not wrong in his argument, as Jarrett said. Jason Garrett really hasn't done anything to get the Cowboys over that hump. And at a certain point, that falls on the coach's shoulders. Yes, they've had talented rosters, maybe not the best rosters in the league, but they should certainly be winning more than one playoff game within these last right. seven a years. A lot of
1: people say he's, instead of being the thing that gets him over the hump, a lot of people think he's what's holding them back from getting over the hump. From achieving it the home. And maybe a valid
2: point, as Robbie and a few of us have mentioned, Jason Garrett's pretty much a puppet down there, it seems like. Yeah, he's yeah. a yes man.
1: That's yeah. that's what he is. That's that's what they've had. Besides Bill Parcells, they have Wade Phillips. They've got Jason Garrett. They're yes men. They they basically do what their owners are telling them to do.
2: Yeah, Jerry, he just wants the power. He wants them to fit that mold, you should say. Mm-hmm. And he's just a, he's a nice, easygoing guy to get along with the Cowboys mm-hmm. fan base, I feel like. so.
1: And I don't care what kind of coach you are. If you're a yes man, that's fine with me. But you got to win something. Yeah, that's,
2: at a certain point, it doesn't matter what your personality is. You have to win football games. Yeah. That yes, man's real familiar with another
3: team
1: in the NFC East. <laughs> Got some similarities there in the uh, earnest, similarities in attitude, not you in know, in greatness. Dan Obviously, Snyder's Dan Snyder doesn't touch Jerry Jones. But Ty, what is your opinion on To's bashing comments of Jason
0: Garrett? So, I think I think it's a little unfair uh, of you guys to say that he shouldn't be speaking on it because here, here's my here's my thing: if they ask him. How like because you said it's on a radio show? It's on a radio show. I don't have the whole interview. Exactly, but if those guys, I would like to know what that question was. Were they they fishing for answers like that? Yeah. So did they ask him, "What do you think of Jason Garrett?" You know. Then I think it's all fair game. I think he he's just telling the truth. He's saying what he actually thinks of Jason Garrett and and what he believes should be a, a different. Uh, direction that the Cowboys should be going in. Uh, Now, at the same time, I also think he was right. Originally, I came into it and I was like, wow, Theo, that's a little harsh. And I was like, there's a lot of worse coaches in the league than Jason Garrett. But then I (coughs) I started to think about it. I started to think about the mediocrity in the league. And can you name me a coach that has been there as long as Jason Garrett that has been as mediocre? Now, we talked about Marvin Lewis. I mean, that's just a special case. I, yeah. I, the, so everyone's I, baffled Apparently, the, everyone's people, baffled apparently, apparently the people in Cincinnati and the, the Bengals organization just love being mediocre and don't really want to win that badly because they have continued to go with Marvin Lewis. Uh, but other, other teams that are not good right now, they're under new head coaches or head coaches that have been there for three years maybe. Jason Geert's been there for... We'll just go ahead and say eight years Mm -hmm. now.
3: Almost a decade.
0: Almost a decade. They've only won one playoff game. That's mediocre. I think it's about time to start going in a different direction, especially if he doesn't win you another playoff game. I think you were exactly right, Jared. This is the year. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many years now that I've seen Jerry Jones on SportsCenter just face right up in the camera, and the cameraman or the, the interviewer asked, Is Jason Garrett gone after this year? I don't know how many times I've seen that. I don't know how many years I've seen that yep. now. It's been two or three years that Jason Garrett has just absolutely been on the hot seat. Yep. And the man won a Coach of the Year award. That's true. He did win Coach of the Year. I can't believe it. I mean, they won 13-3. <laughs> and three.
1: They had a hot year. They they won some close games. But, uh, Todd, I'm not to interrupt too much, but to answer your question, here are the coaches that were hired before Jason Garrett. So what that means is that they've had a longer tenure than Jason Garrett. John Harbaugh was hired in 2008 by the Baltimore Ravens. Won a Super Bowl. Right. Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin in 07. Has been very solid, and I'm pretty sure has won a Super Bowl as well. Yep. Sean Payton, 06 with the Saints. Won a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy, 06 Packers.
0: Uh, I believe Bowl. won a
1: Super Bowl, yeah. Marvin Lewis, 03 Bengals. Okay, that's and just mediocrity, and we've course, talked
0: about that. That's a, that's just a special case. And
1: then the obvious one is,
0: is Bill Belichick Bill Belichick won
1: plenty of Super you Bowls. Can't. Right, in 2000. Um... Pete Carroll was 2010 as well. Seahawks, Super Bowl. Super Bowl Ron, Vera Pan, or Ron Rivera, Panther, Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. And then down the line a couple of years, you've got Andy Reid, Bill O'Brien. So so coaches that still haven't had a ton of time but have had decent success. But Jason Garrett, not even close to a
0: Super Bowl in that time. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's – you know, as a Redskins fan, I'm saying, hey, man, just go ahead and stick with Jason Garrett, see if he can <laughs> – if, uh, if his ideals will – Work out for him in the next few years. Maybe uh, the skins will get good in that amount of time. But but as a regular football fan, I think it is time for Jason Garrett to win right now. And if he doesn't, it's time to
1: go. Yep, I say you got to make the playoffs and you got to at least make the conference finals. If you don't make the conference championship, he's gone. Yep. And that's I my agree. opinion. That means you have to, if you get a bye week, you have to win at least one playoff game. If you make that wild card game by either winning the division or making it as a wild card team... Got to win two games. I know. I know you. you got to make a step in the. I know you may in the right be a
2: direction. bit biased, but is that feasible in this strong NFC conference this year?
1: It, it is. It's going to be tough. But how many more excuses are we going to give them? That's like, true.
2: That's what I'm saying. It is.
1: It is a tough conference. But if you're going to be considered a good team with a good coach, we got to stop giving them excuses. It's time to go out and achieve. And look, we 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 say that the NFC is loaded than it is. But it never turns out the way we expect There's always teams that come up on the rise that we don't expect, and there's always teams at the beginning of the season that we think are going to be there that tend to fall off a little bit. So I say enough of the excuses. Merce, quick thoughts on this.
3: Uh, real quick, I can see where T.O.'s coming from, but the dude just needs to stay out of it. I mean, you haven't played for the Cowboys since, what you said, 07 or
1: 08? 09, somewhere in there. But
3: then if he gets asked of it, he's got to give what he, th- what he actually thinks, but he just needs to stay out of so it.
1: So do you agree with him? No, I,
3: yeah, I agree where, he can, where where he's coming from, yes. Right. It's, he's, they've struggled.
1: So there we are. In
3: the playoffs. Jason Garrett,
1: up. it's time to win now. Um, finishing up the starting lineup. Recently, the Supreme Court threw out a federal law that banned sports betting, opening the door and legalizing sports gambling based on state preference. So basically, states now have the ability to legalize sports, sports betting on its own accord without federal level interference. What kind of effect does this have on the sporting world? Ty, I know you uh, mentioned to me pre-show that you had a lot of thoughts on this, so we'll let you start off.
0: Yeah, I just think that if you're going to do this, uh, and, and as we've mentioned, it's up to the states whether they want to do it or not. This is where I think the final tipping point has come. You have to pay college athletes because people are going to be making thousands, maybe, oh, if, and there if they even do it right, of millions, millions of dollars off of college football, college. Basketball betting, That's such and these kids—these right? kids are the ones that are making you the money. These kids are the ones that are on the tickets, that are on the banners. This is ridiculous. But this, like, it's already—it's already been that way. To the NCAA, now, they could care. This, sports yeah, I understand. The
1: NCAA, it's just another drop in the bucket. Uh, yeah, I they understand. They deserve to get paid way before this.
0: I, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I think this is a huge tipping point. I want. College video games back, uh, but <laughs> NCAA uh, football. yeah, NCAA football f- for sure. The the race to the Heisman was always road was, road, to road, road to the glory or road, yeah, whatever road it was. That, that was one of my favorite things to do, um, video game wise. Uh, and I think Jordan's going to raise this point later, but okay, now we have Pete Rose banned for what? Sports betting, yeah. Does it's he? a legal action, right? Yeah. Is this time finally? To lift the ban. So, I I mean, I'm asking you guys what you think about it at the same time. What do you think about paying college athletes strictly based off of, because this is a topic that we could fill the entire show up Mm -hmm. with, but strictly based off of college or uh, sports betting, what do you guys think? And does Pete Rose get into the Hall of Fame here soon because they've lifted the ban on sports betting?
1: Well, if that's the two questions you're going to ask, Scott, I think the Pete Rose thing, I, I think he – this doesn't change my mind. I think he always should be in a Hall of Fame. No,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I've Do I think thought- it's
1: going to change baseball's mind, if that's the question? No. I don't think it's going to change their mind. I think they're setting their ways. If they don't want him in by now, I don't think this is going to change. And honestly, I, I've got the same opinion for paying college athletes. The NCAA, this, this is just going to put more money in their pockets to spread around however they want. They can spread it to the schools. They're going to spread it to the media outlets like ESPN, and so that they can get their SEC and ACC networks put on television, these online streaming sites. But it's not going to go to the athletes. I don't think this is going to be the tipping point that we're looking for to get these D1 athletes paid. Um, I think it's a great time to be a sports owner in franchises. If, I mean, people, you're absolutely you're making yes. a
0: ton of money. You
1: look at the Clippers who sold for over. One or two billion dollars. Can you imagine? That's probably skyrocketed. It's, it's probably almost double now with the introduction of sports betting. You, these venues can now put in bookkeeping sites in their stadiums in for mind, someone team, to come up and. That and team bet. hasn't
0: really made it a, a concerted effort <clears throat> on winning the on winning the championship, the NBA championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if I mean, if
1: you're if you're smart, you you put it in, and let's just say for fantasy purposes. I mean. If I if I'm at a baseball if I'm at Yankee Stadium and I have uh, Giancarlo Stanton on my fantasy team, which I do, if I've got him on my fantasy team, why not go up? Why not go up to the window and put an extra ten dollars that I think he's going to hit a home run on this next at bat? This stuff is legalized now. I think it's it's going to put an influx on on the sports business. And although it's been done, you know, obviously illegally I- until this point, it's going to be opened up and it's it's a great day for sports it's a great day for for owners in sports, but to answer your questions i I just I don't think this is the changing point. I don't think that's the tipping point for change
2: yeah, I agree with you on that I don't think this tips it uh, I've always thought Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame I, I don't think I mean yes he did something wrong, but it shouldn't have prevented him from being recognized for something he did on the field in my opinion so. That's my opinion on that. But as far as this whole Supreme Court ruling, its I don't think it's going to make a, a big of a change to like the franchises and stuff. The biggest change is going to be in the business world around it, like those that offer the, the gambling sites and that allow you to place bets. So it's going to be a lot more competition. So from a business perspective, it's going to be good. It's going to breed competition. It's going to make the product better. Mm-hmm. So and this is also great for gamblers. Now they don't have to do shady things like the offshore betting sites and all that different stuff so it makes it easier for them and it makes it more straightforward so for the consumer i think it's going to be a very good thing
1: now we have fantasy football and stuff now but do you think that the this this legalization of, of of sports gambling do you think it could affect the safety of these players you got people going out now putting Large amounts of money legally on these players. If they don't go out and perform, I mean, I know this has been going on anyway, so this yeah. might not make a difference. But just saying, there's going to be a lot more
0: people. Doing another great it now. question asked, though. Yeah, I mean, you the see it. Of the players. Uh, you saw it uh, back in the World Cup. You remember that? Uh, I can't quite remember. I think it was. I think it was Colombia that was that had a, a powerhouse soccer team, and another 30 for 30 that's out there. Go check that out. Uh, Pablo Escobar getting killed. Um, anyway, they had a really good, they had a really good, uh, soccer team and one of the guys scored an own goal and sent them home early.
3: I think it was Columbia. It was, it, it
0: was right. definitely Columbia. It was definitely Columbia. Um, but, uh, that guy went out for a drink soon after that just mm-hmm. to try to, you know, be, you know, just show some humility, I should say. And, uh, ended up getting killed because of, of the own goal, basically. So... It, it it does raise an interesting question on whether, you know, the safety of the players is in jeopardy now, or or or, or what happens, or if, if it remains the same.
1: It, I can tell you for personal, it won't affect me. You guys know me too well. I'm too cheap to pay <laughs> to buy scratch offs at the local Seven Eleven, so I'm not going to be betting on any of this. So I think it it's going to be fun for a lot of people. It'll, it'll make sports a lot more entertaining. You you're going to have more people watching the Browns versus the. I don't know. Another, the Browns versus the Bengals for betting purposes and fantasy purposes.
0: If you're uh, betting Browns, Bengals, you're a sad, sad little man. You
1: are. You are. But, but, individ- I mean, betting within the game could, could turn into stuff. So, like, who's, you, know, you could place a bet on who's going to score the first field goal or Absolutely. touchdown or whatever. So, um, we're doing pretty good with Tom Mercer. Any final thoughts before we take our, ne- uh, our next break and go into the seventh inning stretch?
3: Pete Rose is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Arguably the best hitter of all time. Yeah, he you can't, but he did do some dumb things with sports betting, but it's what is, all happens on the field that gets you in the Hall of Fame. Fantastic
1: on TV, in my opinion. He's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's hilarious on
3: Fox. But for sports betting, uh, like, I'm just going to go off what Ty said. You're going to have to play the college players now, the Division One. The big like
1: your
2: Dukes, the ones who bring the money.
3: Yeah, see, pretty I, much.
1: I disagree. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see how this changes what the college players have already done to deserve to get paid. You've, especially with these these jersey sales that the, that the colleges can do, and and of course tickets and media. If they haven't paid them now, I just don't think this makes any difference.
3: But I also like it because. I play daily, DFS for Daily Fantasy Sports a lot, and that's pretty much just like gambling. So, I, I think it's good that it it finally got legalized because people still did it. It doesn't matter if it was they did it when it was illegal. But I think it's good for for it to be legal now.
1: So, as an umbrella effect, is this good or bad for sports? I think it's good. I, I think, think it's good. good. Ty. Uh, bad. Ty going bad. Good. That's, I think it's good for sports. Bad for our wallets.
0: Ah, there you go. <laughs> then it's bad for me, then. If it's bad, I, just, it's really just see, I just see a lot of corruption happening. That's why I say bad. I could see corruption, yeah.
1: Corruption sports, not a chance. We'll be right back <laughs> uh, to 9-5 to sports with our seventh inning stretch, and that's going to be uh, a segment we're going to let Ty and Merce talk about some local sports. For, so for all of you fans that cheer for the local teams, uh, that'll be your segment, and we'll get to that as soon as we come back from break.
0: And welcome back to Nine to Five Sports, the show for the average. What is it? The average takes. What do we say all the time? The average takes on the from an average man. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Jordan. Glad to have you in here today. I know you were very excited when we first told you that you were coming on. I actually believe that the conversation went something like this. I said, Jordan, come over here. And you instantly took off the headset that you were wearing and you turned off your PS4. I hope you didn't have a good game going or anything like that. I was in the
3: off-season of the franchise and MLB, so
0: we're good. Okay, you're good. Hopefully you didn't land any big-time free agents and then lose them. Didn't uh, even start signing anybody. Okay, all right. Uh, But... uh, you know, there have been a lot of jabs taken at you in the first four episodes, and uh, I don't think really any jabs have been taken at you in this one, so we'll just say four. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and give you about 30, 45 seconds to to just defend yourself on uh, on any jabs, mainly my rant that I put out last week uh, on you, so uh, the floor is yours.
3: All right, well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed being on so far. Uh, this is to Jared. I've lasted longer than 30 seconds on this podcast. Check, uh, Robbie, you're not here, but I don't drool over things like you guys said with the Red Tunes. I get excited. I don't think drool was the right word. Uh, Ty, you're shot at me. Well, you go up two games to O down the road, and you come back and play in your own building. And it looks like you can't play hockey. It looks like you're watching a bunch of four and five year olds step on the ice. I'll leave that at lap, Cause I'll leave it at that. Cause I'm gonna rant about that. And. Other than that, I think I did a pretty good job defending myself. I can't really
0: think of any other shots. Yeah, those, those were about the shots that I was thinking of. Um, the shot that I threw at you last week was not even, the game was not even over in game three yet. Uh, we had a 2 0 series lead. We were only down 2 to nothing, and you freaked out. So that is why I snapped there. But that text message, what did I say? What was going to happen for the you game? You said was the over? series was over, and which is a joke. I said it was 2 2. And yeah. what is it now? It is now three 2 Tampa Bay. I'm not saying that you're not right, but the just the overreactions and the snaps, and you know, it, you're lucky that you're a Washington sports fan, is what I'll say. Should because be unlucky. no, I know we're all unlucky to be Washington sports fans, but you're lucky that you're a Washington sports fan, in the fact that sometimes you get it right. You know, a lot of times Washington sports fans just see it coming. And they don't freak out like you do. Oh, I'll freak out. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. and now we're going to give you, uh, you, you always seem to enjoy our rants. We're going to give you a rant really quickly, try to make it in under a minute. I don't know if that will huh. be enough. Would yeah, that be enough? Okay. It should be. Okay, uh, we'll give you a minute to rant, and it looks like your rant is prepared on the Capitals. Three
3: players from the Capitals. Lars Eller, this is going toward you. You played phenomenal in the Pittsburgh series. But you come out in the Tampa Bay series, and it looks like you don't know how to shoot the puck or stay out of the sit box, as my good friend Joe B would say it. You had ten minutes of penalties in game three and game four. That's five penalties. You had three in one game. What are you doing? Just stop. You're, you're trying to do too much. Backstrom's back. Go back to playing your way, dump the puck in, and get after the body. Don't get too skillful with it. Two, Michael Kentney. You've been so good, yet so bad for us after we got you with the trade. You gifted them a goal on on a silver platter in Game 3 because you tried to backhand a pass across the ice in your own zone. A Tampa Bay guy just comes up out of the neutral zone. Goal. Come on, man. Get it together. Have some confidence on the puck and make the right play. Andre Burakowski. I know you've been hurt. But good Lord, boy. Handle the puck. It looks like you're trying to do this fancy-dancy. You ain't koozie. Koozie, you know, you're too fancy sometimes when you say that. But you're not koozie. In game four, you turn the puck over more than I turn over when I'm sleeping. Stop. Oh, boy. Okay? I'm glad Trotts did the right thing and scratched you. You know why? Because chase song has been better than you this
0: whole season.
1: Mercer strikes back. <laughs>
0: Mercer. Okay. Mercer is striking on. And I'm going to cap- leave it at that. Burkowski was a healthy scratch in Game 5 for all of those that are wondering uh, what he's talking about with the scratch. So now we'll go into the D.C. sports. Obviously, you have voiced your opinions about the Capitals. We'll start with the offseason, and we'll kind of try to go as quickly as possible here. Uh, I don't want to make the podcast too long this week. Uh, Washington Redskins, uh, wh- how wh- how are you feeling? I-, I felt pretty good about the draft. That draft
3: might have been our best one in, in a decade.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty exciting one, and Geis looks... As advertised, so pick. far
3: in the uh... actually, that's my third favorite pick. Right, I have two more. Two more that are favorites. Uh, okay. Tim Settle, Virginia Tech. He's going to be the best defensive lineman in the. Stroman's in, in not the, even going to make the team. First what are you of all? talking about? Stroman's
0: not going to make the team. He's
3: going to be a punt returner and kick returner, oh, and he's going to take about eight back this season. I'll just leave it at that. Eight. There's my. Fr- there's one ignorant. I believe that statement would be a day. record. That's that's my one ignorant statement of the day. Jared, i this is towards you. Tim Settle is going to be a nightmare for Dak Prescott.
0: Oh my God! All right. Uh, so after after all That's that Redskin out. stuff, uh, I guess we'll move on to uh, the Whiz Kids. Um, those they, I, I really do honestly believe the same as you on this. I really think they're close. Um, I, I think they need another piece. Obviously, uh, they're still not caught up to where LeBron standards are, and in this case, the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Uh, standards are um so i mean they they need a big either free agent splash or they need kind of a surprise in the draft i know like uh you know we talk about some people being drafted later on getting getting hot um donovan mitchell was one of those guys where he wasn't expected to be as good as he is and he, he is as advertised uh now here he's better than advertised now so um, that's that's what I think. I, I don't what, what are your opinions on the Wiz Kids?
3: Well, first off, the general manager Eddie uh, Groomfield
0: needs to go. He signed Jason Smith. And there is the first Mercer comment on how you guys can just see what I mean about how everybody just needs to go is, is here's why I'm thing. saying this. Guess Ian Mahini's contract. I oh, no, it, it some of yes. the contracts that you guys made were horrible. Mahimi terrible contract. 3
3: years 40 million dollars. I wouldn't pay him that on 2K.
0: Mahimi is a bad contract, but hey. Michael I I think I think uh Otto Porter is a bad oh, it is. contract too. I what they gave him they gave him a supermax. Oh, oh yeah.
3: Cuz the Kings gave him a supermax and had to ma- and had to match it. Also Jason Smith exercised his player option the other day. He's getting paid $5, million, $5 million a
0: year to sit on the bench. Here's You know what the big joke about Otto Porter for me is? Is that they came out right away and said, we'll match any offer for Otto Porter. Yeah. Well, why are you going to go and say something stupid like that? Because now teams can throw out any offer in the world and feel confident about it. I just want to give the – Otto,
3: he's good. I think he's, he's – I wouldn't say good. What's – He's average. He can get the job done. The year he was going into become free agent, he led the league in three point percentage. He's not. He can shoot it, but he's not worth a hundred million dollars, seventy five at the max.
0: Okay. Let's move on to the Capitals. You ready to move on to the Caps? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, preface everything by saying, like, DC fans, we need to kind of remember. What we were saying early on in the play or early, going into the playoffs, we weren't as good this year. We weren't ready to win this year. We're not. We were honestly ready to throw trots to the wolves. Uh, we came out and struggled early with Columbus, but did make a comeback against them. Yes. Because I mean, honestly, even though we're not as good, we should still beat Columbus. We in were there game, game once. We were, and we watched game two that, here, and that was pretty upsetting as well. But we finally got past Columbus. And then, then we beat Pittsburgh, <laughs> no. and that's a huge step forward. Yeah. I think that's a huge step towards, you know, there are so many people that are saying trade Ovi and all this stuff. I was I think, one of them. Yeah, you are one of them. They've I, think, I think Ovi stays, and I honestly think Trotz stays. Uh, I, think, I think that after beating Pittsburgh, that just shows growth, and it shows a step forward. Uh, yes. And especially in a, in a year that we didn't think we were as good. We got. We've gotten hot at the right time. Um, the the heartbreaking thing about the Caps is, and it's just a, you know, case in point on why the DC sports curse is real. We went up two games to nothing, and now we're down three two. And we went up two games in Tampa Bay against the yeah second in Tampa Bay. Bay. That's a big
3: point. Too. In against the second best team in the National Hockey League, they came second. They were behind Nashville. We're up 2-0. zero. I'm sitting there. This could be a sweep. And then the Capitals show their face. Yeah. And look at when that We're down 3-2. Play tomorrow night in game six. And I'm sorry, Ty. It's over.
0: And there is it's yet over. another Jordan Mercer overreaction. You've let, you've let the two hottest goal scorers in
3: the league light it up. And, and you let them get more confidence in game three and game four. Well, you four. said it
0: yourself. The The amount of penalties we have taken in this series is unbelievable. And I'll give credit to Tampa Bay at the same time, though. Very strong on the power play. That power play. oh
3: Kucharov and Stamkos. Stamkos,
0: it's hard to stop five on four, man.
3: Whew. But, no, like,
0: I mean, like Tasha,
3: being Columbus after winning four in a row, that uh, I, I, I like that. And then coming to Pittsburgh as a series, I'm like, well, if it happens, it happens, but it probably won't. And then Koozie scores in game six, and I'm watching it at my house, and I almost tackled my dad. Shout out to you, Chris. I almost tackled him. <laughs> I'm like, okay, here we go. Then we come to Tampa Bay and we go up 2 0. I'm like, is it, this is it. I said it, Ty. I told my dad this was the year. And now look at me. We've lost
0: four games in a row. See, just your mood swings, your, your irrational uh, freaking out about it. And I wouldn't call that irrational because obviously, like I said, we were up 2 0. Uh, we're the Warriors of the hockey. Yeah, really quick. Uh, what? Warriors, we're the Warriors. We're the Golden State Warriors of hockey. Please, the Golden State Warriors have won championships. But they were 3-1 and lost to LeBron. I mean, that's not what people are going to remember this Warriors team about, honestly. Speaking of that, they just won they just, big. Yeah, they just won big against the Houston Rockets in Game 3. They won by 40, I, think, <laughs> I believe, I saw. Okay, so uh, finally we'll finish up with the Nats. Started off really, really slowly, uh, have heated up, and now have cool. cooled oh, down man. once again. Okay. Uh, so, so what are your takes on that, Jordan? Well, we started to hit the baseball then, then we stop hitting the baseball. Yeah.
3: Then half of our uh, team is on the disabled list. There's
0: something in the Washington water. I was the, say that. Because the Skins got really injured this year, and now it's all about the, the freaking Nationals. We've got uh, Severino's been hurt. Let's just name all the players that have, have been hurt this year. Eaton. Obviously, Eaton hasn't played much at all this year. Daniel Murphy hasn't played a single out Rendon was out for a while. Yes. Wieders has been he's, out. He's on the DL Severino now. Severino has missed a few games due to injury. Um, let's see here. They just put Ryan Madsen. Ryan on the DL Madsen today. now on the
3: DL. Um, Howie Kendrick has now to- ruptured his Achilles. So it uh, makes me really sad. He's actually a really good player. So it's about
0: seven or eight players that have been on or are on the DL. So uh, it's been a tough go around for. Uh, I will say for Davey Martinez. I'm not the biggest fan of him, yeah, uh, but are. at the same time, I'm giving him a little bit of credit here that it's it's tough to win when eight of your players are on the DL at one time. So uh, that's been tough.
3: Oh, also the bullpen's a disaster.
0: We say, I feel like we say that every it year. Is, would, and they don't I do, do anything it, about it. I wouldn't call it a disaster, uh, and they have done something about it. Last year, down the stretch, the bullpen was probably our – uh, our stre- one of our strengths. And, and this is another Dusty fault. He went with Max, who hasn't relieved ever.
3: And he also went with Jason Worth. but we'll leave that at that.
0: Yeah, uh, Seth, that's one of Seth's least favorite players. We have a buddy, Corey, that, uh, is, that's one of his favorite players. So that needs to be a debate coming up here soon. Uh, so we won't keep you too much longer. Uh, final thoughts on the Caps. Maybe even throw out a shout-out to uh, the... Diamondbacks for the uh, the uh, the bullpen cart.
3: Yeah, he Doctor Doctor really sh- thank you for that when he really ate your lunch. Yeah, what he came, did. came in. Swept well, yeah. you by the way, Diamondbacks. Thanks for that. In a four game series. But then correct? we get swept by the Dodgers. Yes, yeah. Four,
0: four game, game series. series and uh, Doolittle saves three of the games. So yeah. yeah. Using um, every every night he play every night he pitched he used the bullpen cart. I'm gonna go back to the Cats tomorrow night.
3: I'll watch it. It'll probably get turned off for the for for the end of the third period. But if they somehow win game six, Ty, do you think they do it? Did they win game seven in Tampa Bay?
0: Mm, I think they make it to OT and they lose in O T. Uh after after that we uh we're gonna take another break really quickly and we will be back for the two minute warning where Jarrett might have I don't know yet, uh he might have prepared a rant on uh we'll just say a Dallas Cowboy that's been in the news here in the past uh, 24 hours. So uh, join us back on 9 to 5 Sports coming up shortly. It's about time to wrap this
1: thing up. Before we get to the closure of this week's 9 to 5 podcast, it's time for the two-minute drill. Guys, let's take a couple of minutes and appreciate what Vegas has been able to do this year with the Stanley Cup final appearance as a first-year expansion team. Now, obviously, the listeners of the show, if you've been with us uh, since our pilot, you know that Ty and – well, really, Ty has been our our hockey expert, and then we've had Marshall, and he knows some stuff about hockey. I'm not a great hockey expert, but just my quick input – I think it's good for hockey. Uh, I know some of the owners probably don't like it because they, because of the, how they were able to draft these these good players from these teams. But I, I, I think it's good. I think it gets a lot of people that aren't really big hockey fans into watching it. And I think it's a good story for hockey. So good for them. Uh, caps off to what Vegas has been able to do this year, Elliot.
2: Well, the Cinderella sp- Cinderella story continues. I mean, this is
1: incredible. As we said
2: like you said, since our first pilot mm-hmm. episode. But I also was not aware of how they drafted until just a little bit ago when Ty informed me. So I could see why the owners were a bit perturbed that mm-hmm. they only got to lock in their top eight players, you right. say? Right, yeah, eight players. So that, that is how they get a formidable roster, but that takes nothing away from what they've accomplished this year because they obviously couldn't get a superstar or two, and they're doing this with just a collection of mediocre guys. It's really incredible.
0: Huh. Uh, it's hard to call them mediocre. are a bunch of solid players on that team. Your second and third best goal scorers in most cases uh, that they got to draft. And they got pretty lucky with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, cup-winning goalie. Uh, he's one of two cup-winning goalies behind Matt Murray, who's a little bit younger, so Pittsburgh decided to go in his favor. Can't blame him there, but Marc-Andre Fleury playing. Probably the best hockey I've ever seen him play. Uh, and at the same time, we got to remember, guys, the house always wins in Vegas, Mars
3: well, I think going back about what Ty said about Flory Pittsburgh, you made the wrong decision because look what you're at now you're at home um I think it's good for hockey uh it's an amazing story. I'd like to see them win it if the caps don't don't get there. I'd like to see them beat the lightning and then I got two shout outs Deadpool 2, they use the nine to five theme song if you've watched it
0: yep. Go watch it. They've been listening. They have sweet. been listening. And then south to Seth Colmer, Ryan Re- Ryan Reynolds, uh, big mutual fan. Apparently, you're one of my fans as well. So, uh-uh. <laughs>
3: uh Um, south to Seth Colmer. He probably got me on today's episode because we were talking, and uh, he decided that I needed to defend myself, and which I think I did a pretty good job.
1: And that's all I got. Good job horse. Hey boys. Hey. All right. That's a wrap for this week's Nine to Five Sports podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show and remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and check us out on the Anchor Podcast app. If you have a Facebook or Twitter, and we know you do, follow the 9 to 5 Sports page for updates on the show, questions to to the audience, show previews, and more. Remember to spread the word about us. God bless, my friends.